Hey, you listening to All Youth Radio. God bless. And welcome back to All Youth Radio. I'm Johnny McKeon. With me in studio, as always, Mr. Sasha Bloom. That's Bloomy, sir. <laughs> Today it is. We've also got Brittany Johnson. How are hey, you doing, hey. Brittany? Hey, what's going on? And with us with our special guest, a very special treat for you guys. We've got University of Utah Ute, former wide receiver, Kenneth Scott. Hola, como estas? Bien, bien. Bien, How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Can't complain. Just chilling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you here. As a man who's worked for the Pac-12 since they started, mm-hmm. getting to watch your work ethic was inspiring. Oh, thank you. Uh, your relentlessness, your willingness to never give up, fight for your teammates. Because mm-hmm. it seemed like a big struggle that what you guys were going through, coming from the Mountain West to the big world of the Pac-12. Yeah, it was a big struggle. Um, just trying to make that transition, you know, from the Mountain West to the Pac-12. You know, when I first came to the school, I was in the Mountain West for one year, but I ended up breaking my my ankle, so I didn't really get to play in it. But I got to observe, and um, so seeing the transition from the Mountain West to the Pac-12, um, it was hard at first, but we making a smooth transition. You know, from being a BCS Busters now to an actual contender, which is actually pretty cool. What's the big difference between the Mountain West Conference or these not at large schools? In the Pac-12. Well, I say the biggest difference is uh, depth. Um, you know, every team has good starters, but what happens if the starters go down? Um, that's really the difference. In the Pac-12, you have a two-three deep. You look at schools like USC; their second-string receiver will probably go to a Mountain West school and start, or third-string. You know, just because they have that depth with them and stuff like that. So that's really the biggest difference is depth. It doesn't hurt your body to get tackled by 300-pound men like every week and during practice. <laughs> like, I don't know how you do it. It doesn't well, make sense to me. Luckily, I didn't really get any hits. Because you're luckily. fast, yeah. Yeah, so luckily I didn't um, have to endure that. But I feel bad for our running backs that have to because um, that's a lot of weight being put on them, especially with the Polynesians. Mm-hmm. Um, they're huge. <laughs> they are huge. Uh, those are people you want as your best friend. <laughs> how fast was your 40 time? Uh, in the four sixes. So, yeah, not the fastest, but not the slowest. It was just That's kind of slow. Yeah, it was average. <laughs> it was kind of average. <laughs> Man. Man. What kind of training did they have you do? Like, like were you working out, like, two-a-days? Were you doing weights in the morning? What, mm-hmm. what was it like? Uh, well, my training was I did, like, a four-hour, four or five-hour block. Like, I would go in at 9 and probably don't leave till 2 o'clock. So my training was specifically from nine. Like we went to nine to one, like the weight room stuff, and then we went on the field from well from nine to twelve, nine to eleven. Then we have an hour break, and then twelve to two is a field work stuff. So that was our break, basically. That's yeah. how we, you know, our resume was. What was your favorite part about playing football? Oh man, the camaraderie with the teammates. That I've shoot has so many memories with my teammates and that's probably the best like just being along with them every day you know them funny memories them bad memories you know something some things you just don't remember forever and that's like probably the best thing about college football or even football in general is just those memories who are your boys oh man it's so many i there's so many of them i swear so many of them like tevin carter's a real good friend of mine gianni paul um Dang, Dominique Hatfield, Delshawn McClellan. Man, it's just basically like Tim Patrick, uh, Troy. I don't know. It's so many people. Like, it's it's hard to, like, not name them all. Yeah. It's kind of hard. What What was the hardest part about playing football? Uh, The daily grind. Um, You're like, you wake up at, well, for me, because I lived in Taylorsville. So, like, I wake up at 530 and then leave the house by 6 to get to the um, – Workouts by 6.15 because our workout started at 6.30. Then you go from workouts, then to class. Well, workouts, treatment, class. Then come back for lunch. Then you got uh, meetings. Then you have weight room. Or if you didn't have weight room, you had practice. And then after practice, you had study hall. So it's like from 5.30 in the morning, I didn't get to go to sleep till about like 9.30, 10. Wow. And then yeah. you still had to come home and do all your homework and stuff, right? Exactly. Like So it's like... Like, it's crazy, it's hectic, but you just got to learn how to, you know, schedule your, you know, your days and things like that. Luckily for me, I took online classes so I can be able to sleep a little more. Yeah. Um, so that was a little 
little trick that I put in my little schedule. Talk about yeah. that balance you have to have for these high school athletes mm-hmm. that are about to make the transition to college. Man, you just got to learn. Um, like, you can't. It's hard to, because people these days love playing video games. Now, I love it, too. And I love doing music and things like that. But you have to learn how to prioritize your things. Like, on weekends, that's, like, the main stuff you can really do. Like, that's the times you want to chill and do the things that you can't do during the week. So it's really all about, uh, like, well, now with your phones, you can schedule it, or schedule it in your phone. Like, okay, I have this at this time, this at this time, this at this time. So you won't miss anything. Because us, if we miss, like, class, oh, whole team's getting it. And you have to run and do all this extra stuff. So it's really about, you know, schedule out, scheduling out everything, making sure everything is good and you're meeting all the times and not being late. Make sure you're early because that's what the one thing they pride on is early, uh, being early. So that's probably the thing you have to do. Make sure you have everything mapped out and scheduled out and review it a couple of times as well so you know that you didn't forget anything. And, yeah, make sure you follow it. So they had that system in place for you and they kind of taught you how to like balance that? Yeah, yeah. So when you first come in into our program as a freshman, they have a class, a summer bridge class where all the freshmen like athletes go into and they teach you how to do those things. And um, and plus with our head coach, Coach Witt, his every day that he's like been alive, he said he's always scheduled that. So, you know, watching him, how he schedules his things, uh, it made us do the same thing because, you know, he does it all the time. Like he wakes up at like four o'clock in the morning, some crazy stuff. And like, he's never missed a workout. Like in <laughs> like in like 20 some years, he said. And so uh, just watching him and doing how he scheduled things is pretty inspiring in itself and um, leaks onto the team. So that's cool. You learn more and more than just playing football then. Oh yeah. You learn how to be a man quickly, uh, especially for the guys that's out of town. Like, like me, I came from California. So, you know, I'm not used to, you know, where I'm from is a lot of blacks and Mexicans, so I'm not. I didn't know how to approach. Uh, I didn't know how to approach like the Caucasians and stuff like that because you know what I was surrounded by in my environment. So I had to become more diverse in the way I approach people and talk to people and things like that, and become well-rounded in the way I communicate with people. So you know, being far away from home made me, and being in this program made me like turn into a man, so to speak. So. Uh, so I was able to learn things that I wasn't able to, you know, back at home because I was in this box, you know, and it took me to become out of that box to really you know, become a man. I totally understand what you're saying. I had a similar experience with the University of Utah. Like yeah. coming from where I'm from in Sacramento, California, it's very different than yeah. moving here to Salt Lake exactly. City. You come here and then you're able to kind of think about things and you're forced you're, you're forced into these unusual social situations right. and, and you've, you're able to learn and kind of grow from that. Mm-hmm, definitely. What do you mean? unusual social situations uh well you know you have lots of things to deal with you know there's a a significantly higher white you know percentage of white people here Mm -hmm. there's a significantly higher percentage of a certain type of culture you know either that's a mormon culture or conservative culture whatever you want to call it there you have to learn how to deal with that right you know and then coming to the university of utah you know i was able to learn just a lot about how to like really work with people Mm mm-hmm you know, because I've had to deal with, you know, people from a different I've had background. To, yeah. I've had to go 80 and they come 20. Yeah. You know, I've had you to compensate to. for that. Definitely. And being me, because I have all these tattoos, you know, people first see me like, oh, he's a thug. Like, you know what I mean? So you got to try to wrap your way around that so that they can really see the inside of you. You know what I mean? So it's it's, it's kind of hard in a way because, you no know, first reaction, people look at you. just the first impression. Like, oh, he has tattoos, you know, and the, just by the way he looks. And uh, so um, you have to find ways to like try to flip it and not make him seem like, oh, he's just not a, a like the guy I thought he was. He's more than what I thought he was. And so that's the challenging part. But, you know, I love challenges and I love trying to meet new people and be friendly and goofy like I am and, you know, try to build friendships. Did you get those tattoos to create that image um, um, to keep people away from you? Well, my tattoos are all like symbolic. Um, everything that I've been through in my life, I always, because I'm an artistic person, I love creativeness and, uh so every tattoo I have is something, it's about my life. And so you can look at me and uh, look at my tattoos and like, oh, okay, you know, I, I see that on his arm. So that's probably something he went through. Like I have my mom on my arm and she's the sun. So basically that means she shines over everything. You know, she's my everything. And so uh, like people seeing that, it's like, oh, okay, she must be real important to him in his life and things like that. And so uh, now my tattoos are creative and artistic to where, like, they're symbolic to me about my life growing up. So, yeah. What are some of the other ways that you express yourself artistically? Uh, I love music. I love, um, I did, when I was growing up, I did a lot of poetry. Um, 
my my way of doing poetry was trying to talk to girls because I was so shy. So I used to write them poetry and then For slip real? it to them. Do you, rem- do you remember your first one you wrote? I do not remember my first poetry letter. I, do, I swear I don't. I know you remember. I really don't. He wrote it down. He practiced. I don't. And then the weird thing is, like, I try to do different things. Like, I try to learn Spanish to try to, like, talk to, like, the Mexican girls, you know. Because so, I was so shy. So I was like, dang. So I got into, like, rapping um, because, like, it was a way for me to, I don't know, express myself you know, without having to talk to somebody or, or things like that. So I like doing music. Um, like, I, I do audio engineering at times. Sometimes, like, I'm working on trying to, like, produce my instrumentals and beats. But for the most part, I love rapping. Yeah. It's just a way of me expressing myself without having to talk to somebody. I could speak through the music and things like that. Have you released anything? You got a mixtape or something? Yeah, I got SoundCloud. Oh, where? Yeah, I got SoundCloud. Uh-oh. Yeah, and I okay. put all my music on SoundCloud. Nowadays, Um, uh, like, when I was starting earlier, there's a lot of... Like, a lot of my music is sometimes, not dark, dark, but it's, like, it's just what I've been through and things like that. So people can really get a glimpse of, like, what I've been through and things like that. So Now, do you feel like you have to censor yourself in your mm-hmm. music because of who you are and what you do? Uh, At times, yeah. So, like, now I'm starting to try to work on, like, not cursing as much. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I didn't really curse, curse a lot, but I just wanted to wear, like, if a little kid listens to it, he don't have to, like, be ashamed because he, he's hearing cursing. Or his parents are like, oh, it's too much cursing. Like, you know what I mean? Things like that. So I try to, like, not, like, I'll probably say, like, one or two curse words. But it's not, like, the F word or, you know what I mean? It's not something bad. It was just, and I just don't want, I just want to. It be, rhymes well. Yeah, you know what I mean? I just don't want it to be, I just don't want it to be. You got to leave yeah. it in and go. Like, I just don't want it to Yeah, like, I just don't want them to be, I want it to be censored in a way to where they can listen to it at any moment and not have to, like, turn it down. Oh, this part's coming up. You know what I mean? That type of thing. Do you feel like, as an athlete, you guys should be held to a different standard or a higher standard because you have these mm-hmm. little kids looking up to you guys? Yeah, I think so. Um, because growing up, um, I was looking to my, up to my older brother and everything that he did, I wanted to do as well. And it, it didn't take to, like, some like moments in my life that um, were bad to where I was like, whoa, shoot. Like Now my little, the way I'm looking at my big brother, my little brother is looking at me the same way. So I have to change my tune and things like that. So um, I think the athletes should be held to definitely a, a higher standard because the influence they have on people. Um, everywhere I go, you know, I want to make an impression like, oh, he's a great guy. I love being around him and stuff like that. Instead of being a guy like, oh, he just did this. And I mean, I just I just wanted to be a, a positive uh, vibe coming towards me. You have a different pressure on you than just the little kids. You ha- you're representing the heart surgeon at the University of Utah. You're mm-hmm. representing that former Supreme Court right. lawyer. Mm-hmm. And the millions and millions of dollars that's invested into you right. or Tory Wilson or a DeLon Wright. Mm-hmm. That's, I don't know how you guys do that. Right, right. And one of the great things, um, so we had a coach on our coach staff, uh, Shreve Shaw. He's from L.A. He's from the inner city and things like that. And and his background is difficult. But the what, the stories he's told us and seeing the man that he's become is, is so inspirational because he here's this guy who came from L.A. And it, everybody knows how bad L.A. is to become a lawyer and then a successful lawyer at that. Like, man, the sky's the limit for any like kid that's coming from that city. Like, oh, I can be a lawyer if I wanted to just by what he's done. Or I can be a college football coach because of him. And and just trying to do different things just because of you know, the background that we came from is inspirational. Do you feel like these kids or high school athletes mm-hmm. or anyone who wants to be an athlete, do you feel like they actually listen to you guys? At times I do, um, but it's not going to take it's gonna take when they grow up to really understand like you know what i mean i when i was young my stepfather who i um you know pride on you know really nurturing me because he taught me everything um the way he taught me everything he taught me when i was younger i didn't get it till later on like now until mm-hmm. i started being on my own and i'm like oh that's what he was talking about it makes sense yeah exactly and so like I could see the same thing when you're telling little kids something and they're not going to get it until they get in those moments or, you know, those times where they should have listened type of way. One of the things that many human beings struggle with is sabotaging their lives, whether they end up in prison, whether Mm -hmm. they end up dead, whether they end up with disease. Right. How did you not allow yourself to sabotage yourself? Because there's so Uh many athletes and just general students who drop out, who get locked up. Who blow it. Yeah, it's crazy because 
So when I before I got to college, um, I had uh, I was going to the store like so my apartment is right here. I would jump in the fence because you that's the East shortcut. So I jumped the fence to go to the Arco right across the street to get my mom some chips and soda. And so when I was coming back, I got arrested for no reason because they thought I was part of a gang and because I was wearing a black hoodie and black shorts. And then I got arrested for no reason. And then. Like seeing that, it's like, dang, it's crazy. Like you really got to watch how you move and stuff like that, and in different environments and and things like that. And so, dealing with the my friends that I was growing up with, like before I got to college, um, my friend he got um, he got twenty five years of life because he murdered somebody. And so, like looking at that, I'm like, dang, that's not what I want to do. And then my and also like two three weeks later, my friend who just got out of prison, um, he had gotten five years. Uh, for armed robbery or for uh, robbery. And um, so it's like seeing them, I didn't want to go through that. And then so, you know, me, I'm the type of person that I'm not going to neglect them in any way. So while he was in prison, my friend had just got out. You know, I was always writing him um, letters and stuff. And the feedback I was getting from him, man, it was so inspirational because he was like, man, I'm watching you on TV. This is crazy, man. I'm telling everybody in here about you, how we grew up together, and it's inspiring to me to keep on going and not um, do anything stupid in here so I can be able to come out and better my life and things like that. And it's crazy because he literally watched every game, and he was like, man, Devontae Booker, man, that dude's a beast, you know what I mean, like that. <laughs> and so it's like, it's like, man, that's crazy, like the influence I have on him and – and, uh, and how I didn't go down that road because he was like, man, I'm so happy that you just kept on doing what you was doing instead of because this life ain't the way you want it to be. And so you know, just hearing those words from him, I'm like, dang, that's crazy because like this is your friend that you grew up with. And then for him to say that, that you inspire him and and doing what I'm doing, man, it's just, it's, it's just crazy to me. And now since he's been out, he's been trying to get, uh, go back to school, get a job, really trying to better himself. And it's like, dang, like. I like because he said I inspired him to do all that. I'm like, man, that's crazy. Like, I would have never thought. You never had temptations with steroids, you know, kind of whoring yourself out towards women. Because mm-hmm. when you become an athlete, you build a beautiful body, and yeah. people become, <laughs> people become yeah. attracted with it. Like, Not some baseball players, though. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I never got into the steroids thing. Um, the, well, the reason why I never got into it is because. I, this is probably <laughs> so. I was watching Cat Williams. <laughs> I think I think you know what I'm talking about. And then he was like, uh, he was talking about how small he is in stature. And he said, if he took steroids, he'd be big. And he said, but you know, you know, you know the rest. Yeah, yeah, you know the rest. Yeah, so I was like, why would I ever want to do that to myself? You know what I mean? That that that's just a bad thing on me. Cat and, Williams inspired you. <laughs> exactly. Make muscles bigger, something else a yeah. little bit smaller. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, whoa, that's definitely not what I want to. No, <laughs> like, I'm definitely not. <laughs> I'm not doing steroids. I can't risk that. He works out every day. You so what you're saying on. is, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the reason why I never did steroids. Just because off of that thing right there, I was like, whoa, whoa. And then I started reading about it. I said, whoa, heck no. And then I was like, yeah. But I heard like in baseball, like that's like kind of the thing in a way. It's in a lot of sports. When I grew up playing tennis, mm-hmm. I remember at a junior college when I was playing there, being in the locker room and a football player is like, man, this is going to take you into that satellite tournament world. What? And there were a lot of people on steroids. I grew up in a, you know, in the late nineties, early two thousands. So steroids was still very prevalent in sport. I think it's gotten better now, but I used to see a lot of football players and other athletes struggle with, well, I'm this good of an athlete, but my heart and soul wants to go to the league, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever sport. And there's a lot of people in the league who yeah, are on steroids, who are on human growth, who just flat out don't care about anything but being a star and having that money yeah, and that yeah. brilliance. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I, I'll have to get it the right way. I can't cheat. I, I just can't. I wouldn't be happy with myself if I cheated. You know what I mean? Uh, especially if there's somebody out there that really deserved it and I did it by cheating. I don't know. I just couldn't feel right about myself. Just. I don't know, just off of basic principles, I couldn't feel right. So was that your mother or grandfather that instilled that moral into you, or is that just yeah, from you? Yeah, my mother, um, she's she's my rock, man. She uh, 
she really taught me strength, you know what I mean? Uh, because of all the uh, complications that she dealt with, you know, growing up, uh, when I was growing up, you know, she had developed lupus and fighting for her life every day, you know, with dialysis and stuff like that. And so watching her, you know, while I'm growing up, I'm like, man, and hearing her crying every night and stuff like that and being strong. Like every time I ask my mom, like, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? Like no matter if she's crying, hasn't ate all day, like she always be like, oh, nothing's wrong with me. Everything's going to be all right. And I'd be like, you sure? Like, you know what I mean? I'm there for you. Like, and she was like, no, everything's going to be all right. And she was just strong about everything. And I'm like, sheesh. Like, when I was born, um, the doctors told her she had three days to live. And, like, she had went into a coma. And, uh, and like, like the uh, – because I wasn't born. Because my grandma was telling me the story because she was right there with her. And uh, she was saying – my grandma was saying how the doctor was like, man, she's gone. And, like, all of a sudden, like, I don't, my grandma was like, she don't know what happened. It was some crazy stuff that went on. But, like, she started, like, breathing and stuff like that. It was crazy. And then she was like, this is the fight that just kept her going. It was weird. I don't know. It was just weird, a weird story. And so growing up, you know, I was born in Texas. And then I was just living with my auntie and my my auntie and my uncle. And then they had to stop going to college to take care of me. So growing up, I had a lot of stuff on my back because I feel like, like the reason why they couldn't grow up and get a great education was because of me. So I always had that thing on, on the back of my shoulder, like, man, like, like I have to give back to them because, you know, the sacrifices they made for me. So, you know, uh, growing up, I always felt like, you know, I was determined to do something with my life, whether I don't know what it is. I just always felt like I was determined to do something. So I always tried my best. And, you know, growing up around my family, they always made, made sure, like, I kept going and positive and strong and, and things like that. Does that drive just make you that much better on the field or off the field, whatever yeah. you do in life? Yeah, it's crazy because, like, every time I think about them situations, like, I start to get the chill. It's weird. So I start getting, like, chills and, like, I get, like, energy, more energy to keep going. It's weird. Like, like when I got injured, like, my first time, I'm, I'm like, depressed because I never had gotten surgery before. I'm, like, depressed. Like, dang, this is over for me, blah, blah, blah. And then my mom was like, you going to quit? Like, she was like, you going to quit? Like, basically, like, challenge. I'm like, yeah. man, like. <laughs> And then she was like, all the stuff like, all t like I showed you, I taught you growing up, all the stuff that you dealt with growing up, and you going to quit now, like, and things like that. So, like, and I just kept on going. And then the second time when I broke my ankle, I was like, dang, are you serious? And then and I just remembered everything that was, you know, said before. And I was like, man, I, I can get through this easily. So I was just more positive and able to come out, you know, better than I was before because of the, my um, positive mindset about things. And so, you know, it's just crazy, like, how – influential like your family is towards you especially when you in those moments where you feel like giving up and something just rushes into you where you just keep going that drive and that determination to do better it's just crazy now when you when athletes do get hurt or if they do get hurt mm -hmm. um there's a lot of talk in the media yeah he's done his career is over yeah he, he or she never coming back mm-hmm but then some athletes say, we don't listen to that. Mm -hmm. Do you listen to what people have to say in the media or what fans have to say? Mm -hmm. And if you do, does that drive you even more? Yeah, because I'm the type of person, I love challenges. You know, I've I seen everything like people were saying about me and things like that, but I love challenges. It, it I don't know, it just made me want to just come back even better I'm and like prove way. people wrong. Because that's why I'm like, if I'm wrong, I'm going to try to prove that I'm right, even though I know I'm wrong. So... So with that, like my injuries, I was like, I'm gonna prove them wrong, regardless of what they gotta say. So, you know, my whole determination of everything, I was like, I'm gonna prove them wrong. And so, you know, I remember my first game when I came back. You know, I had a good game. In the second game, you know, I was on the Pac-12, and it was like, oh, okay, Scott's coming back this year with a vengeance. And then, because you know, and they'll start talking about me how the screws in my ankle and stuff like that. So, you know, I mean, that point, I was like, good, like I, I did it, like, and I overcame, you know, what they thought I wasn't gonna overcome from. You know, especially having two injuries, like I broke my right leg, then I broke my left leg. So it's like, dang, like most people would like just be like give up, like because man, you broke both your ankles. Yeah, you're like, done. Yeah, <laughs> like you're done. And then, but for me to come back and you know just keep on grinding through it and overcome those adversities, you know, it was not only inspirational like to me, but to my teammates as well because they looking at him like looking at me like, dang, you overcame all that and you still fighting and you still. You, you know, ain't got no ankles. Like, you, you know what I mean? And you, still, and you still doing everything you could. And it's crazy. And that's what people, like, I swear it's just all about your heart and mind. Like, whatever you feel like you put your mind to, you can do it. That's that's just my thought process. How did that help you get through rehab? Because I remember I used to play, I used to play rugby. Uh -huh. And I broke my hand really bad and I had to rehab it. That's a tough sport. Yeah, for four <laughs> months. <laughs> and how did you, did you have to dig deep to, you know, kind of rehab and come back good? Or how was that? Yeah, uh, definitely. I, um... You know, I had got like every time I went to rehab, I created like a music playlist that just 
gave me like music chills to just keep going. Like so, you know, my playlist, you know, that I put, I put like twenty songs on there that I can just keep on looping and looping and like throughout my whole rehab process, and that just kept me going. So, you know, with those songs, it just kept me going and just kept me pushing. And you know, I'm telling, I cried so many times, a lot of times, because how bad I wanted to be, you know, back to where I was, but I understood the process and that it's gonna take time. So, you know, I always try to. Because my coaches before, they used to always tell me that I work too hard, and that's what, like, breaks down my body. And I never understood that because, like, man, I was trying to be the best. Like, you know what I mean? So they was like, you got to work. You got to know how to work and how to save your body type things. And that came with, like, nutrition because I used to eat bad. And um, What do you eat now? I eat, like, meat, veg- vegetables, and rice a lot of times. Uh, like, for breakfast, I eat eggs, toast, um, Eggs, toast, Greek yogurt. Wait, you know what were you I mean? eating that was bad? What were you eating that was Oh, bad? before practice? Yeah. I'll eat hot Cheetos and Trumo milk. Oh, no. Before practice. <laughs> I swear. Before practice. Like, yeah. And I eat Del Taco all the time. I used to eat out every day. Like, yeah. like so Monday, Pizza Hut had some deals where, like, <laughs> like it was $6, like, large pieces or medium pieces. So I'll go to get that. Tuesday was Tuesday, like, the taco, you know, tacos. Taco so I go to there. <laughs> Wednesday, there was, like, 60-cent wings. So I'll go to there. And then Thursday, I forgot, it was sub- Subway did something. So I used to get Subway. And then Friday, you know, I'll just eat bad. Like, wherever, whoever had discounts, that's where I was at. <laughs> so I would never cook. I will just be eating out all the time. And that kind of messed me up because – no, that was just bad because I was just eating out fast food all but the time. But did you just feel like I'll just burn it off? Is yeah. that what you're thinking? Yeah. And I didn't understand nutrition at the time either. So in, until we like our um, football program started to get our nutritionists in the involved with our uh, program and really changed my mindset on a lot of things like on the not to eat list. And I'm like, dang, that's everything that I eat, and it's crazy. <laughs> so I got a couple boxes of honey buns in the car. Oh, so if I, I pull you. those out, you yeah. would love to eat one. No, I would. I I usually eat like uh like some snacks here and there, but not like a lot What's that like I used your to. Cheap uh, I go to the dollar store and get honey buns. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm frugal. Like I, I, the dollar store honey buns taste the best to me. I don't know why they just do. But you got to put them in the microwave twelve yes, seconds. Yes, yeah. Yeah. that's what, that's what I'm talking about. In the bag, and then I put it in. Do you open the bag. The whole just, I just I throw it in bag. there. <laughs> I just throw it in there. About to explode. Oh man. Yeah, that's crazy. I love. That's what the warm honey buns. Yep. That's that's what I do. So do you, do you still train every day? Yeah, I do. Um, lately, I've been doing uh, MMA and boxing at yeah. uh, Sean O'Connell's place. Oh, yeah? You, you followed up on that? Yeah, man. And it's freaking awesome. Uh, like, we've been learning jiu-jitsu. Um, I've been um, doing better on my boxing. It's crazy because Sean was like, man, you're a natural at this. And I was like, oh, thanks. Like, I just was going off instincts. He's like, man, you're doing really good. And every day I go in there, man, it's just, it's just everybody just keeps on giving me more and more praise because, you know, I, I work hard at everything I do. So it's like... You know, they see me and I'm like, man, like a guy, because they said, you know, usually in this realm, they don't, they don't, you don't see too many athletes that fight really. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's starting to change now. And uh, he said, man, if you're athletic and you know the technique and stuff like that, the sky is the limit. So every day I go in there trying to learn, be a student of it, and really, you know, try my hardest. And it's been good. Um, I've been like yesterday, was it Friday, oh, Friday? Like there was this Australian dude in there. And he's been fighting for like two years or whatever, or learning the technique for two years. And I'm, this, this is me. I'm just going there like five, six days, just learning the stuff. Yeah. And you know, I was able to put up with him. I just still got learning like the submissions and the and the choking and how to you know <laughs> do, do you the like arms. the wrestling and stuff. Is that? Oh cool? yeah, I love it. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's fun. Because that's um, interesting. You're already an athlete. You're already like in probably the best shape. You yeah, know what I mean, so yeah, you could just jump right in there and roll and hang with them. And yeah. what's crazy is that's. I swear that shape that they are in or is the hardest because you're exerting so much energy and you're using every part of your body. Like yeah. Your neck is always twirling on the ground. Your toes is digging in. Your arms is it's just you're, it's like a full body workout. And it's like so we grapple for five minutes straight, and then like you take a, like a thirty minutes or thirty or seconds or a minute break, and then you go again for like two hours. And so like. I went in there at 216 and I left out of there like 211. <laughs> I was like, dang, this is crazy. Like, sheesh. Where's this at? I'm um, about to do it. At Elite Performance, it's 95, 99 South and 500 West. And they have girls, um, like this is girl who trains uh, women. And I, I I try to, I want, that's that's a good thing that women should do is like learn how to be, um, learn self-defense. Because you never know, like, like not, yeah. you know, God forbid that 
you know, a guy comes up to you and tries to, you know, wrestle you or take you down, you'll know how to do self-defense to break away from it from 10 seconds to yell for help or something. Mm-hmm. And that 10 seconds can save your life. So, I mean, I'm, I, I wish girl more girls could do that. Too. Yeah, yeah that, that's dope because, shoot, you never know. It could be so nah, much it, so it, useful. It for me, man. No. She <laughs> trusts me. Oh, man. What you say, Johnny? Like, oh, what you say, Johnny? <laughs> but, yeah, it's useful, though, man. Pick up your underpants. Yes, man. Yes, man. <laughs> man, <laughs> that is funny though. I, I can teach my girl because uh, I'll get killed. <laughs> man. So, why do you put your body in such a position to get hurt? Like football's a violent, violent sport. Yeah. It's a brutal game. The fight game, obviously, you're fighting. Uh huh. Do you worry about your body breaking down when you're a 50, 60 year old man? Because uh, there's a lot of other sports you could have played. You could have gone into baseball. You could have yeah. gone into basketball, swimming. You know, uh-huh. shoot. Gr- like looking back at it, I wish I'd have did other sports. Like, like now I've become a soccer fiend. Mm. Like I've been watching soccer, like, like it's the new sport. And uh, so I wish I'd have did soccer growing up. I I just love it. I don't know why. Didn't I've been playing the FIFA with Real Salt Lake. Yes, saying I you did. Were like <laughs> yes, I did on the team. And and so like I wish like I did that because it seems so fun watching them on the field. I'm like, dang, this is like heck of fun. Like. I wish I'd have did that. I don't know about baseball because baseball too hard. I quit T-ball, so I knew baseball was out for me. <laughs> yeah, I knew baseball was out for me from that, after that. I said, like, yeah, baseball is not my sport. <laughs> what about basketball? You good at hoops? Oh, I love basketball. I love basketball. But I'm just too – see, You're when I was – too short now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So when I was growing up, that's what I was doing, just basketball, basketball. And my stepfather was like, like – he broke it down to me. He was like, look, you're 6'3". Well, I was 6'1 at the time. He was like, well, you're 6'1", and you play the post in basketball. I was the tallest on my team, you know, at that time because we're all young. And he said, but if you go to football, you'll be the tallest guy on the field, probably the biggest guy on the field, and you can translate all your basketball skills to the football field. And I was like, at first I was like, I ain't trying to hear it because I want to be a basketball player. But now that I look back, I'm like, dang, he was right about that. Like the way I go up to get the ball is like me going up for a rebound, how I'm boxing out defenders the same way I box out, you know, in basketball. And it, and it's just – and it's translated. It's pretty cool. Like my body controls the same way I go up in basketball. So, you know, it's crazy how, you know, those correlate. So when Brandon Taylor, former point guard for the University yeah. of Utah, when he walks on table on to the team and to the University of Utah, you, you mad at yourself that you didn't follow basketball? Cause he's a short guy. I, I said that to myself a lot. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie. I was like, "Dang, look at Brandon." Brandon, yeah, like, he's like, and, he's like, <laughs> and like, he, and he's like, and Brandon's a good friend of mine. We play basketball. What well, we did like in the summers, like him, Isaiah Wright, and a couple of the other basketball players. We'll go play at the um the little basketball center. And I was like, "Dang, man." I mean, I can't hang with him now because I like don't take it seriously like no more. But you know, I go out there and really like play because I'm a defender. I love defense and I'm an athlete, so I just like to go dunk and stuff like that. So. uh you know, playing against them, I'm like, man, this would be cool to actually play on a team. Basketball is something you can play till you're like 40. Yeah. Football, you'd be lucky to play to 40. You'd be lucky to play to 27, 28 because your body's just broken down. But, you know, basketball, I love it, man. I wish, well, I don't know. It's, I wish I was like 6'6". Six, six. If it was 6'6", I, six, six, I would be playing basketball. Me too, That's bud. So Me too. <laughs> yeah, I, wish, I wish I was your height, man. I'm six foot and a half inch, See, man. You, you like 6'3", like you have like the perfect height. I, f- I feel you, you. You're not going to bang your head on a doorway, but you can still yeah, yeah. find like a jacket. <laughs> I feel, feel you. Me, like. Man, I feel you on that one. But if I, if I had like dribbling skills, like elite dribbling skills, I'd probably continue on basketball. But since I was a post player, I, yeah, basketball was out for me after I – can grow no more if you like defense how come you didn't play like defensive back i, I did play safety i got a couple offers out of high school for to, to play safety yeah and then um coming in the um, college like uh, kalani sataki tried to convert me over to a safety but you know the coaches wasn't having that but uh yeah i, I love playing safety i used to um i mean i used to try to think i was taylor mays back in the day just hitting people just smacking them and you know, uh, you'd be a big, yeah, you'd be pretty big. Yeah, yeah. so I love safety. I love defense. I, I use my defensive mentality on offense because I love blocking too. So I just take, when I'm blocking, I just think of it as I'm trying to tackle somebody <laughs> and try to knock their head off. So, you know, it kind of correlates. Having multiple offers coming out of high school, mm-hmm. how did you end up here in Utah? What were some of the deciding factors? Um, when I came on my official visit, it was great because um, as soon as I stepped on, like, into the uh, locker room with the, uh, the the um the guys they treated me like family they feel like they feel like they knew me already like man, what the heck i i just got here and you act like you already know me like the polynesian culture is so great because uh you know they they 
they commend you as a family, a family member. And that, that's all they do is, you know, the Polynesian culture is all about family. And then our team is so diverse. You know, you have like one third blacks, one third whites, one third Polynesian. It's, and we're all family together. And that's one thing that I've seen. I'm like, man, this is cool. Everybody's getting along, no egos and things like that. And then when I was getting recruited, the offense they were in was like a spread type offense. And so I was like, man, this is, this is a system I can come in and get some statistical numbers. And then, you know, my coach that um, recruited me, Coach A-Rod, you know, he was great with me uh, during the recruiting process. He made sure that he was – like, he's, like, the only coach that, like, really went personal with me and, uh, like, got to know my family. And so that was the big thing for me because it was more to him than football. It was – he wanted to know my family and how they are. And, you know, when I got injured and stuff, he took care of me. He made sure that I was you – no know, didn't feel homesick and things like that and made sure that I was all right and in, in a good place. So – you know, with him, you know, Coach Whittingham is a stud. You know, everybody loves Coach Whittingham, you know, from the ladies to the, like, <laughs> he can be a model if he wanted to because every older <laughs> woman that I talk to, they always fantasize about Coach Witt. I'm like, golly. Like, if he, he like, he's lucky he's married because he'll have so many women if he wanted to. But, the, but uh, yes, yeah, Coach Witt, the coaches. Um, the, he's the, a tough guy, though, too. Oh, yeah. I remember when Michigan came in and he was not friendly to anyone in the nope. media. Nope. F-bombing the world out of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's a funny guy, man. He, he could get that death stare. Like, yeah. his stare, like, is so, like. Oh, and he jumps off that it? bicycle. And I can't yeah. do it because, man. But when you're in a meeting with him, it can be like about some friendly stuff and you're still intimidated because his presence. I don't know what it is. Like you step into his office and it's just his vibe and it's like intimidating. It's like, dang, like like you just curl up like a little kid. It's like, like she's because like he's just so intimidating. It's crazy. What made him a good coach? I think because it was more like with him, he really, like I said earlier, it was more about you know, being personal with the players, like trying to get to know the player yeah. instead of just football. A lot of teams, it's a business to them. And to Coach Witt, it's not a business. It's, he wants to develop you into a man, and he wants you to get your education. Because um, he always says football is a small part of your life. You have a whole life to live. So he really tries to um, teach that to the, ki- the, to the kids. Like, man, get your education first, you know what I mean? Because what you do after football is going to be far way better than what you're doing in football right now. You know what I mean? Because – uh, you could be the greatest football player one injury, and now you're you don't play football no more. What you gonna do now? And so, if you have an education to fall back on or uh, the knowledge of what you need to know, then you'll be fine. And so, uh, what's great about Coach Witt is he hired like the people on his staff, like um, the director of football operation, like Jeff Rudy. His assistant uh, deals with like the community work. So we have you know times where we can go to places like schools or you know, anything to go talk to kids or be a part of like a, a foundation type thing. And it's really cool. Cause um, I took part in that a lot because I look, I just love doing it, but it can really get you out there to, you know, experience new things and um, become more, you know, well-rounded and developed. So that's, that's the you know main thing about coach Witt, man. He's just not all about business. He's about, you know, nurturing you into a better person. That's amazing. When yeah. you're going out there talking to the kids, uh-huh. what are some crazy things that they ask you? Because kids, they just... They, t- they ask you anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> no chill. Dang. Uh, yeah, one of them was like, how many girlfriends do you have? And I was like, what? <laughs> how many girlfriends do I have? Like, that's what you're thinking about right now? <laughs> like, sheesh. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Shoot. I, dang. I don't really remember all of them, but that one stuck out to me. I was like, "Dang, you know Did that?" Did you tell us like five, six? Nah, yeah. nah, nah. I'll tell you later, I was like, "Nah, yeah, nah." It nah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny though. Like, yeah, they have some wild minds, man, for real. But nah, I say I say none of that. Though. It was funny. So, was the NFL like your ultimate goal? Is that what you were playing for? Were you just playing for your education? What? Like, uh, what was motivating you? To me, man, everything. Uh, I wanted to be the best person I can be, and then I wanted to be the best teammate I can be. And then also I wanted to, of course, want to make the NFL because I'm working so hard. And um, so all those things, you know, I wanted to be the best. I wanted to be the best teammate. I wanted to be the best person to go out in the community. I wanted to be the best person that I can be. So everything, you know, drove me to be wherever, you know. So what were the tryouts like for the NFL? Oh, it was great. Um, I'm still in the mix of getting signed and things like that with the Rams. You know, that's the, the talks that they're talking about right now. I have a few teams that's interested in me still and also in the CFL as well. I'm, that's why I'm working on my passport, you know, if that's a, a scenario. So um, I still have teams interested in me. Um, so that's why I'm staying in shape, keeping working out, you know, for training camp, like later this month or early August. And so um, the, the workouts was good, man. Uh, got great feedback. And uh, the thing about the NFL is just it, you have to be at the right time because, uh, like, during my time I was with the Rams, you know, they didn't make a roster change or anything like that. So 
you know, until they make a roster change, that's when they can like plug you in and things like that. So that's just, it's just like a wait and see game type thing. Um, so you just work hard till you get on their list, and then once they make a roster change, then they'll bring you in type thing. And that can happen with anybody. Like uh, you, like say the Rams love you, and they and another team hear about you that's really good, uh, and and heard that you're really good, they'll try to snipe you away from the from them. Oh, you know, that, that type of thing. Yeah. So. A lot, a lot of te- the NFL teams are secretive about what they try to do, so really? so they won't get their players snatched. And so, so it's a business for sure, for sure. And it's yeah. all about you know the timing of everything. What was the like inspections like? Did they like they did they check your blood? Did they, they like, did everything? I heard they like measure your fingers. Like what? yeah, they <laughs> check your blood, uh, the pee sample, X rays, uh, heart stuff. Um, like the physical took me about almost two hours. Really? Yeah, like they examined everything and it's crazy it's like sheesh but yeah the, um, they don't do that in college football uh you 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 do but the most things like you get a physical you know check your ear that type of stuff the little the little <laughs> mini stuff cough, all that. yeah all yeah, that's yeah. that type of stuff and if it's needed to get an x-ray then you'll get an x-ray but then they'll take a piss sample every now and then like the ncaa can do that whenever uh you know our team can do it whenever too but blood tests, you hardly hear of a blood test yeah. in this. Yeah, that's probably why steroids is so, you know, prevalent in the college game because some people may be able to get away with steroids because we don't really do blood tests. So mm. is know, it demoralizing? Like, oh, his wingspan's not seventy-two inches or whatever Man, it is. Or it's crazy. Your fingers are too short or your hands are too small. Right. It's crazy because so so with me like all my measurables was phenomenal like I had a long reach I had an eighty inch reach like wingspan like my I was six three two ten uh like all my agility stuff but the thing about it is you can have two people of the same like say I'm six three and the other other guy's like six two and seven eighths like dang near six three and he weighs like two pounds less and he ran like a point two. Like four, like say he ran a four point five four, and I ran a four point six zero. You know how fast that, like, you know, like the difference between a five point five four point five four and a four point six zero is. It's a it's sneeze. Not even a blink. It, exactly, and it's like, how can like, it's like. Are you just like, dude? Just put me on the field. Exactly. See what it's I can like do. I'll that, show you what I can like, do. Like that's what I'm saying. It's like it doesn't really. Like it's barely, it's not even a snap of a finger. It's like so quick. It's like not even, it don't even mean nothing to me. So like the forty yard dash is like to me is like non relevant in a way because we never run in a straight straight line ever in football. Really, you never run in a straight line. You always so I, for me like I'm like it's crazy because you would rather take a guy that runs a four five four than a four. Like it's just weird. I don't know. It's just weird. It's all about. That little tiny second, and it's not even that fast. So it's it's just crazy game. And they're not even like accounting for technique. It's all just Nothing. the physical, like not not how well you can catch a ball, how you can. Because yeah. like wide receivers, how do they have that? Where like, yeah, they can just catch it. They know where it's gonna be. And mm-hmm. Yeah, how yeah. do you how do you develop that? Well, me, um, I did racquetball a lot. Yeah, and that's work on my hand eye coordination. And um, so you could do things like that racquetball. I and it was pretty fun. Um, me and my girl, we was just go to the racquetball court and just hit the ball on the wall. Like I have her hit it as hard as I can. We play games, and you know it's just messing with my eyes and working on my eyes and locating the ball, and because the ball is pretty small. So, and the football is like maybe eight times bigger than it. So, if I can locate where that small ball is, then I can locate the football easily. What and, is the? Oh, go ahead. Oh, and in college, uh, the football is different because uh, you have stripes on it. In the NFL ball, you don't have stripes on it, so that's a little bit different from the college game. But, you know, as far as college goes, it's easy to focus on that stripe that's on the ball that's um, spiraling because it's thick white string on a, you know, brown type of ball. So it's pretty easy to look at, like, locate it. You talk about racquetball, hand-eye coordination. Mm-hmm. You're doing jiu-jitsu, boxing, yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. What are some other things? Because, you know, some kids are just like, man, I just want to play football. Right, right. What are some other things that kids can do mm-hmm. to get that hand-eye coordination or anything? Like, um, I just got done by working on a football camp last week, and I was stressing the importance of playing multiple sports, um, like track. Run track to learn proper form when you're running. Uh, play basketball, you know, like the reasons I was saying earlier. You know, body control, boxing out, going to get up a rebound. Baseball works on hand-eye coordination. Uh, soccer works on feet work and agility um and so you know think every sport has something that you can translate to the other sport you just gotta um just do it and you you'll you'll reap the benefits from it so um you know i just try to you know do everything that i can to develop new skills so that i can translate it to another game like with jiu-jitsu it's all about leverage 
and learning positioning. And in football, it's the same thing. When I'm blocking, you got to have positioning. You got to have leverage. Or when I'm running a route, you got to learn leverage and how you can, you know, maneuver through people and stuff like that. So it's a lot of stuff that you can do to translate. And in boxing, you, the footwork is crazy. Like, I didn't realize how much footwork really mattered in boxing because I just thought, oh, dudes were just punching each other. But footwork, footwork is crazy. Your head movements. And in football, you, you you use head movements as well. Like when I'm running around, like I'll do a head movement to fake a guy out. So you know, it's a lot of crazy stuff that you can learn from different sports to, you know, be better in your own sport that you're taking on seriously. When I played tennis, I watched my opponent's hips. I didn't mm-hmm. watch their racket. I didn't watch their head. Is that the same in football where you're just kind of watching their lower core to see yeah. where they're going? Um, like defensive backs. Yeah. They're trained to, when they're doing man-to-man technique, they're trained to keep their eyes low at their hips because – Every other part of their body can like move and stuff like that, but your hips. Your hips don't lie. Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if you're, yeah, exactly. Your hips don't lie. I like it. Shakira. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Your hips don't lie. So as a DB, you know, you have a, have to have good eyes on the hips and uh, be patient, and and that's another technique as well. You know, that that's a translatable skill to football. You know, tennis too. So uh, it's just all about you know what you learn from different things to translate. What about ballet? <laughs> and that's what a lot of NFL players did, you know, work on a free work balance. Do you um, dance? Uh, it depends uh. on the dance. It depends on the dance. It depends. If your song is playing. <laughs> oh, yeah. If my song is playing, I'm, I'm, I'm getting it. Yeah, I'm getting it if my song is playing. <laughs> awesome, man. Uh, as we begin to wrap this up, uh, I just had one last question. Uh-huh. Knowing what you know now, uh-huh. like what would you have done different at the U when you're playing football? I would have definitely took care of my body better and learned new- about nutrition. I think that's the biggest thing, nutrition, sleep. Um, yeah, that's the biggest thing. Um, learning what to eat, what to put in your body to reap the best benefits. Um, that's the main thing um, because, you know, my body f- felt like it was hurting all the time because it's like the I was not putting a lot, enough protein in my body to build those muscles. So when I'm breaking down those muscles and I'm putting bad food in my system, the muscles aren't growing because I'm putting all this bad food. But if you have the right nutrition, your mu- your muscles get restored, they're rejuvenated, you have more energy and things like that. And um, I think that's the biggest thing. I, I would have did um, nutrition. I would have took um, nutrition way more seriously than what I did in the beginning. And, uh, you know, it would have been probably better off for me because I'd have more energy. My body would have felt way more better than, you know, what it did. Awesome. Cool, man. Awesome. Thank you, Kenneth, for coming hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Back this up. Back it up. Sasha, I'm going to need you to put on a beat. We cannot leave until you oh, freestyle. Man. You freestyle. <laughs> I've been thinking about this no, all night. Man. You've got a freestyle. All right. Whatever you want me to do, man. I'll freestyle. Whatever. And nothing that you already have already written. It needs right, to be a I, true I, I, freestyle. I didn't know she was going to do if this. If you give me a topic, I, well, not. I don't really like doing topics. I just do whatever. But let's see. Let's you see. You have whatever. to include Pokemon Go. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> what else? Oh, NFL, something about the NFL, and just honey talk, buns. I'll just, just talk about thing. anything. Just do your thing. Man. Yeah, I'll just yeah. go do my thing. Just do your thing. Because I don't know about you. You, 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 you saying some <laughs> crazy. Like, golly. That is a very specific. I got to make sure it's a freestyle. <laughs> man, I'm like, sheesh. You got to catch them all. Got to catch them. Hey, yeah. for real, though. Yeah, you come out of left field, just ambush them on the show. <laughs> I'm like, sheesh. Ambush freestyles. Let's go. <laughs> Dude, this the beat that you want? <laughs> it's cool, though. It's the Risha. Turn, turn my headphones up. <laughs> uh, this the beat that you want? Yeah. What about yeah. Ransom? You want to take it back? Remember that? Ransom? I, I remember back that song, back. but... Do you want that one? You can, um, you can do another beat. Back to back? <laughs> for real. Hold on, we got to add. I hate ads. Oh, for real? We are so not the breakfast Or club. what you could we do... So- <laughs> How about you write... Eight rhyming words on that paper, and I'll rhyme them. Okay. Uh, Eight rhyming what? words. You didn't like mine? Pokemon uh, Go? Not nah, really. I, 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 it's cool. <laughs> terrible words. I'm under so much pressure now. Just um, eight rhyming words. Okay. Okay. This is what it uh, like. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Play the um, catch-up part. Like, forward it to the catch-up part. I think I like that. The second beat better. The second beat? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the it's one. so smoother. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. See, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna rewind it. Hey, uh, turn your phone up a little bit. Me? No, no. Oh, it is. It's is up that? all the way. Oh, it's Android life. Whatever. No, I'm playing. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Oh shoot. Okay, I had to read. You don't have to do uh, that. You don't have to. Uh, you came up uh, with that. 
I'm the okay. Let's see. Let me catch. The, oh, let me get switched to other. No, you good. My handwriting. Yeah, actually, profit, rock, profit, yeah, rocket, knock it, pop, lock, drop it. Pop, lock it. Uh, no, you did not. Look. Okay, you ready? All right, you want to rewind? Uh, now nah, you're good right here. Uh, look. Uh. I got people looking up to me like I was a prophet Trying to get this money, I'm trying to make a profit No boulder, but I'm steady trying to rock it And people always just trying to knock it No door, we better pop lock it before somebody's just coming in I'm with Britney and she over here smiling, just wilding Asking me questions and questions that I don't care about Okay, I'm lying, I really do care, but who share? I can't wear for y'all. Okay, hold on. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, man, that's messed up. Nah, right, funny, no. All right, uh, Drake. Look, uh, look. Chilling with my girl Brittany. It's ironic because my girlfriend name is Brittany, and that's some real stuff. It's crazy because sometimes I really don't do enough until I share it with people. I like spreading knowledge. People think it's not cool about going to college, but I thought it was embracing. It's creative. People loving my visions. It's crazy. Uh, look. I want a car that's about paramedic so I can get on my camera and pan the merit. I like to look at my mirror and then I pan it. It's kind of crazy. You like the way I flip words, but when I work, oh, flip. Okay, hold on. I like to flip words. So, so I like to flip words. And I, I like to do a double entendres. Um, you rocking glasses. I like drinking out of wine glasses. But you don't see me whining like Cece or BB, whichever, which one of them. <laughs> it's both I like okay oh it's both yep it's both with a th or both like white like when black people say like, like when B -O -F. black people say b-o-f-f both it's b-o-f-f you the best of my friend or I guess it, or, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. it's that's... Johnny Promo coming through your speakers oh, 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 alright all right, we're done <laughs> <laughs> we're done <laughs> 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 nonsense oh man I am cutting I like the word <laughs> I like the words though. No, I like it better fast. like that. I can't think that fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still like, yo, check it. <laughs> nah, cool. oh, the audacity like of you, Mr. McKeon. <laughs> well, Kenneth Scott, thank you so much. Of Thanks course. for being a role model to this city, this society. We appreciate you. Uh, thank you, guys. And, uh, appreciate you guys for having me. I see trees of green. Red roses too I see them bloom For me and you And I think to myself What a wonderful world I see skies of blue Clouds of white The bright blessed days The dark sacred night And I think to myself